Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Welcome back to another awesome episode of For the Love of Money. Now, this one is a rather special one for me because I get to sit down today and talk with somebody who wrote one of my favorite all-time books, The Go-Giver. Now, I found this book during my 30 Books in 30 Days campaign that I did a couple years ago, and this was one of the books that all of a sudden, about halfway through, made me take notice that giving was the common thread through every single book that I was reading as they started to unfold. So I sit down with best-selling author Bob Berg and we talk about things such as why people buy from you. He literally teaches you what will make people buy from you if you have a product to sell. We talk about the concept of drive-by mentors and why they are so important. We talk about why professional athletes and actors and actresses make more money than people in sometimes noble careers, such as you know being a teacher or a nurse. A lot of times people have questions around that, and we actually do a deep dive on that, explaining the difference and why that occurs in today's society. And then make sure you stick with us to the end, because Bob even takes issue with a term that I use, giving back. It's really interesting to see his feelings on the term giving back. So stick with us to the end. There's some great nuggets in here. You're going to love some of the takeaways, and I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hello, everybody. It is my pleasure to welcome best-selling author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg, onto For the Love of Money. Now, this is a really special podcast for me, having Bob as a guest, because I have to tell you, when I was on my 30 books in 30 days personal challenge last year, this book stood out among the 30 books as one of my all-time favorites, and it helped me draw a common thread through all of the books, and that was giving is one of the absolute keys to success. So I couldn't be more excited. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the obvious. What is a go-giver, and where did you get the inspiration for this book? <laughs> well, a go-giver is simply someone who understands that shifting their focus, and this is really the key, uh, shifting their focus from getting to giving. And in this context, when we use the word giving, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others, providing value to the marketplace, knowing that not only is this a, a nice way to live life and conduct business, it's actually a very financially profitable way to do business as well. Why? Well, because in a free market-based economy, uh, meaning that no one is forced to buy from you, uh, the only reason someone's going to buy from you, the only reason someone's going to do business with you is because they feel it's of more value to them to do so than to not do so. And that's the only reason why they should do business with you. Um, I often, when I speak at a sales conference, I'll begin by saying, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. 
and they're not going to buy from you because you're a really nice person who who believes he or she has a great product that they just really should have. Uh, they're only going to buy from you because they believe it's in their best interest to do so, which is fine. And so what that does is it is it ensures that the entrepreneur, the business person, the salesperson is totally, absolutely, unabridgedly focused on them. Bob, I love that. We've got a great picture of what a go-giver is. Now, inspiration for this book must have come from somewhere. Uh, was there yeah. a particular life event or an experience? Uh, well, uh, and there's actually a twofold answer to that, uh, and it's a great uh, question. Uh, years ago, my, my first kind of big book, if you will, was was called Endless Referrals, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. Um, it was a how-to book, and it was basically on how to build relationships that resulted in the other person feeling good about you, so that they knew you, they liked you, they trusted you, and uh, that's kind of my mantra that I've said for years, and that is all things being equal or even close enough to equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, how do you develop those kind of relationships? By being focused on them, not on ourselves. By being focused on making their life better, easier, more fulfilling, or, or whatever you do, whatever asset of value uh, that you bring to the table. Uh, then I, uh, and that book came out in the mid-90s, uh, in about, gosh, I think it was about 2003, 2004, I kind of had the idea of putting this into a parable form, because I'd always loved business parables. Uh, first one I ever read was Og Mandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, and then James Classen's Richest Man in Babylon, and, and then in the early 80s, the one-minute series came out from Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson, and uh, there have been you know, people like Chris Widener and Robin Sharma, and tons of great, great parables came out through the years, and I've always loved them and learned so much from them, and I thought, wouldn't it be great to take the basic premise of, the go of uh, endless referrals, the no like, and trust aspect, and how you get there by focusing on giving value to others and putting it in parable form? So I had the the basic idea, I had the title, The Go-Giver, and the uh, some basic ideas for it. But I'll tell you what, as soon as I began to sit down to write it, I knew that there was a huge difference between writing a how-to book <laughs> and writing a work of fiction, which is basically what The Go-Giver is, even though it's based on uh, proven principles and things that actually did take place. But... Um, a big difference. And so I reached out to John David Mann, who I knew only from his being my uh, editor. He was the editor-in-chief of a uh, magazine I used to write for. And every month he uh, would would send back edits that he'd made. And he was always just so nice about it and, and so polite and gracious about it. And, you know, it would always be, is this okay? I changed this. Is this all right? And I'd always, you know, the running joke became that I'd write, write him back every month saying, not only is this okay, you write my stuff better than I write my stuff. And so, uh, so I knew, I also, by the way, knew as several people did, but it was back then only within that particular niche, how much of a genius he is and how fantastic a writer he is. So, uh, I, he was the only one who I wanted to uh, co-author this with, and he was really the lead writer and storyteller, uh, for this book. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it, it was a good, um, collaboration. But you know, there but you asked if there was one thing in particular 
one thing that um, uh, that really hit me that maybe caused the the idea for the book. And it actually was uh, about 35 years ago when I first got into sales. Um, may I take a moment and share that? Yes, please. Well, you know, I had I, I started out in broadcasting. I was not a particularly good broadcaster. I, I was the late night news anchor for a, a small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. Uh, again, not very good. I could read the news, but but I was not a reporter. I was not a journalist. <laughs> I was about 24 years old, had no real idea of the news, and didn't really care. Um, I think I was probably intuitively too positive for the medium anyway. My idea of a good newscast opening would have been something like, good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news tonight. Everything's great. <laughs> you know, go to bed. <laughs> we'll let you know if something comes up. Uh, so I, I, I soon was out of broadcasting, and I, I graduated into sales. Now, the training that we got was very uh, minimal. So... <laughs> Uh, I floundered for the first few months until I uh, came across, I stumbled across a couple of books. One was by Tom Hopkins, How to Master the Art of Selling, and another by Zig Ziglar. And I started studying those two guys. And uh, almost immediately, my sales began to take off because now I had I had a system for doing so. Uh, I, I personally, Chris, define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Uh, in other words, the key is predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and you'll eventually get the desired results of B. So I was, I was started to really do well in sales. And I was at another company, uh, I don't know, probably a year later. And I was doing well, but not quite where I should have been. And a lot of it had to do with, with where my focus was. And I remember coming back one day after a non-selling appointment. <laughs> uh, that was not how it was supposed to be, but that's what it was. And I was kind of discouraged. And one of the guys there, he's an older guy. I think he was about to retire. I think I may have seen him two or three times and that's it. But I think he maybe saw something in me, saw some potential. And I, maybe he saw me sort of as Joe, as like a Joe in, in The Go-Giver, that guy who was ambitious and aggressive and up and coming, but something was holding him back. Uh, and, you know, of course, in this case, it was me, just like in the story, it was Joe. And he took me aside and he, he said, Berg, can I, can I give you some advice? And, and I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, fortunately, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a learner. And so I, I always I seek out advice and, uh, and I was very open to it. And he said, Berg, if you, want a lot, if you want to make a lot of money in business, if you want to make a lot of money in selling, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he continued, you'll get a reward. That reward will come in the form of money. But never forget, the money is only the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. The target is serving others. Wow. I love yeah. that story. Is, is that the nugget of advice? I think I once read somewhere in your bio or somewhere that you received this very specific nugget of advice from a mentor that uh, mm -hmm. was in your life very briefly. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, I call, it, I call those kinds of people drive-by mentors. 
There are people who just happen to show up exactly when the time is right with some gem of wisdom that you just happen to be open to. And it makes a significant difference. And, you know, it's funny because one of the, the things I, I, that I often say, John and I both often say, is that money is simply an echo of value. Uh, it's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which, which means nothing more than that the, val the focus must be on the other person providing value to them. The value comes first, and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. Well, it all goes back to focus, just as that drive-by mentor told me. You know, forget about focusing on the money. It's just not going to come if you're doing that. Focus on the value. Focus on serving the other person. And to the degree you do that, that's the degree that, uh, you know, the money is going to come as a result. Not, not for some, uh, you know, uh, not for some esoteric way out there reason that doesn't make sense, that's magical or anything or mystical. No, nothing like that at all. Again, it makes sense in a free market-based economy, uh, profit is simply the reward for pleasing another person. Uh, that's not a, an original. That's from a guy named Harry Brown <laughs> who, who said that. But, you know, it, it kind of also goes back to when we define selling and we look at what selling really is. Well, selling is nothing more than discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. I absolutely love that. It, it really sticks out when you say your target is first serving others, then the reward comes after that. And it's such a great way to really put into perspective exactly what you stand for. And it's a good lead in to my next question. And that is, I remember reading that you're a big believer that the amount of money that one makes is really directly proportional to how many people they serve. And right. when I read that, it, it struck me as Absolutely. I, I totally subscribe to this. And I remember sharing this with a few people and, and somebody stopped me and said, well, what about teachers? You know, mm -hmm. they don't make very much money, but they're serving lots of people at a time. You know, what do we say to folks that have a question such as that? Sure. And it's a, and it's a great question. Um, okay. Let's, so let's look at a couple of things because there are, are a few things that come into play within this. One is, first, when you say, well, how many uh, people are teachers serving? Uh, they serve a, a good amount of people, and they make it a decent paycheck. But they don't serve a whole ton of people, when you think of it. They have how many classes? You know, let's say they have, I don't know, six a day, and they have 25 people in the class. They're serving 125 people, and they make a decent salary for it. Uh, by the way, teaching's a wonderful job. I mean, God bless the teachers. Um uh, and, you know, they have, a, they have a job that they work at hard. They love what they do or they wouldn't be doing it. They get summers off and so forth. I mean, I think they make a good living for what they do. And, again, I think it's, it's fantastic. I also think if education was more market-based as opposed to government-based, the good ones would make a lot more money and the bad ones would make a lot less money. So, um, so these laws, first of all, on one level, uh, apply – to the degree that the free market gets to work, <laughs> okay? Uh, now, but here's the second thing. Value is always in the eyes of the beholder, okay? Now, why is it that a professional baseball player might make a million dollars a year, let's just say, okay? One who is fairly average, okay, uh, might make a million dollars a year. Well, there's a couple reasons. For good or for bad, for right or for wrong, we are a society 
that places more value on an athlete, on a professional athlete, than we do a teacher. Now, should it be that way? Probably not, but life is what it is. Um, so this ball player makes a million dollars a year, but also this ball player is serving millions and millions of fans per year. Okay, uh, those in the stands and those watching TV. So when we look at it, though, it's just like an actor or an actress. Really, should we should we value uh, an actor or an actress more than we value a, a nuclear physicist uh, or you know someone who's who's you know doing some really great work or the social worker who's who's serving you know hundreds of people? Probably not. But value is in the eyes of the beholder. And the market is going to to dictate that. Um, so that's you know so so that's one of the things. It's supply and demand. Why is it that a brain surgeon makes more money than a nurse? They're both very important. They both serve a lot of people. But as important as as being a nurse is, and it's very very important, there are a lot more nurses than there are brain surgeons. So, you know, we, we need to look at, at a number of areas to look at why this works. And when we look at it closely and take all that into consideration, it absolutely does ring true. Now, the question for the teacher is, how could they serve more people, okay, with even more value? And this is what Nicole Martin did in the story, in The Go-Giver. Uh, she was frustrated because as much as she loved her job and the kids loved her and the parents loved her, uh, she felt she was not only kind of hindered by the bureaucracy, but also wasn't making the money she wanted to make. And she found a way to serve more people. She created learning systems for children, and it was a computer-based learning program that got to now serve millions and millions of kids. And now she made millions and millions of dollars. So, you know, I... You know, so that's really the only way I can answer. When we take all of that into consideration, we see that it actually does make sense. Yes, Bob, what a perfect answer and, and what a perfect illustration of why we make what we make. And, you know, what you just referenced, it's such a great springboard sometimes when people want to break out of the average mold, take their idea and serve far more people. And that's sometimes the birth of, a of another entrepreneur. So I absolutely love that answer. Now, this podcast aims to expose the positive power of being successful and you know the impact that it can have in terms of giving back and helping others once you are massively successful but sometimes a brand new entrepreneur just can't see that far right they're caught up in barely breaking even you know if they're even getting that far and they just can't even begin to picture a time when they're going to have access to give to others what do you say to that entrepreneur when giving when giving is really the message that'll make them successful. Okay, so let's let's look at a couple aspects of this. And I am going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to politely take issue with a term that you used. Please. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. All right. The term is giving back. And and here's why. The the meaning of it is that that you know you've done well and you want to then you know, give to others, right? Which, which I believe is, is giving. I believe it's giving charity or it's giving, however, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But here's why I think the term giving back, the way it is used in society today, why I think it, it kind of leads to a, 
a, a lack mindset as opposed to a as opposed to to one of prosperity. Uh, and I know people will get mad at me when they hear that at first. So I ask people just to to kind of stay with me a second. The way that the term giving back is typically used, it implies that the person who has made a lot of money did so by taking from others first. Thus, they must give back because you would not need to give back something that you didn't first take from someone else. In a free market-based economy where, again, no one's forced to do business with you, if you have earned a lot of money, you didn't take that money from anyone. You didn't force anyone. You didn't coerce anyone. You didn't manipulate anyone. You gave them value, exceptional value, and they willingly and voluntarily gave you money for it that you received. Now, if you want to take some of that money, hopefully a lot of that money, and then give to the community, give to charity, give to other, give, however you want. That's a wonderful thing. We totally believe in that and endorse that. But I, I don't call that giving back because there's no one to give back to. You didn't take from anyone. So I think in a sense, it's almost meant today to imply that, that the person who's made a lot of money owes that money to others. And they don't. If they want to give a portion of that money away because they feel it's congruent with their value system, which hopefully it is, I think that's a fantastic thing. So that's why I, I tend to personally, and again, that's just my opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. But that's why I personally typically don't use the word giving back. That is the best lesson of the podcast so far. What an awesome nugget for people to take away. So if you're that brand new entrepreneur and you know things are tight right now and they don't want to have a lack mentality how can they practice giving right out of the gates well you can give time you can give energy you can give encouragement you can give help you can give in many ways that aren't aren't as far as money goes in the marketplace you give it's important to be able to give value over and above your product or service because let's face it technology has leveled off the playing field and most products and services are pretty much the same at this point and so uh, what you need to do is you, you, you need to separate yourself from the competition by being that additional value. And while there are probably hundreds of ways to communicate that value, they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. And they are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you communicate one or hopefully all of those in every touch point, uh, that's the degree that you you totally position yourself as above the field and you take you know price off the table. But as far as giving in terms of of charity goes, there's lots of ways, you know, again, like we just met volunteering, giving time, giving energy, giving encouragement, lots of ways that, that that we can give. Perfect, Bob. absolutely love it. So you know, being that this podcast helps to expose stories of giving in any form, what's one of the greatest stories? of giving that you've heard either an entrepreneur or a celebrity or even yourself has done? Oh my gosh, you know, there are so, so many great, great stories of people who have 
given huge sums of money to charities that have given uh, you know amounts of time uh there's a person i'm i'm on the board of directors actually now i'm on the board of the board of trustees excuse me i was on the board of directors now the board of trustees for uh, furry friends adoption and clinic uh, in uh, jupiter florida and there is a, a a guy there who has given you know millions and millions of dollars uh always does it anonymous i mean i know i know who he is and a few of us do but gives anonymously and just absolutely does it because he he loves the animals and he cares about the animals and he wants to make a difference for them uh and i and i love that i mean this, this guy's done so much it's it's just amazing and the night you know what the nicest thing about it chris is is he's far from the only person <laughs> there's lots and lots of people who who do these things i love that you're, you're speaking my language i'm a massive dog lover matter of fact my wife and i say our perfect retirement is going to be living on a, a giant farm somewhere just full of golden doodles uh, we're golden uh, doodle obsessed uh, <laughs> i want i want to visit <laughs> well you'll get an invitation for sure so before i ask you the last question i first want to ask you where is the best place for us to follow you and get your book? Probably the best place is thegogiver.com, and that's without the hyphen in that. It's just thegogiver, as one word, .com. And uh, while there, they can scroll down and, and uh, uh, get a chapter if they'd like or an excerpt from uh, two of the books, The Go-Giver and our newest one, John David Manns and my newest one just released, The Go-Giver Leader. Uh, they can also uh, listen into my podcast, which has been out now for a few months and is is uh, really going well. We're enjoying that immensely. And connect with me on social media if they'd like. I love it. So here is the last question. Now, we live in a time where, unfortunately, people are sometimes almost ashamed of putting their success out there. And, and not in an arrogant way, but they almost hide their success, which in a way is, is not very serving to others who want to be inspired. Right. So in your opinion, why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success and wealth? Well, the reason why is because, again, going back to, to a free market-based economy, and I say based because we're really not a free market economy. And when I say free market, I don't mean anything goes. When I say free market economy, I mean government has the, um, uh, the, um, the legitimate power to protect the citizenry from force and fraud but to otherwise leave people free to trade amongst themselves, to seek happiness in whatever way they see fit, pursue happiness, so long as they don't infringe upon the rights of anyone else to do the same. So when we say free market, we're saying people are allowed to buy and sell and trade with each other freely, so long as no one commits force or fraud. So in a, in a free market-based economy, the only way, the only way you can make a significant amount of money is by providing exceptional value to the lives of a large number of people. It's the only way you can do it. So not only is it something not to be ashamed of, it's something to be proud of, it's something to take pleasure in, and it's something to set an example uh, for to others. Because the more people who are doing this, the more people who learn how to provide value to the marketplace, the more people will, will be wealthy, the more jobs they'll be able to create, 
which will create more abundance for more people. And, you know, I'll tell you what, if, if we were really able to operate as the true free market economy that we're supposed to be, the economy would absolutely explode with abundance. There would be, uh, there would be enough jobs for everyone who wanted one and enough charity for everyone who needed it. So you should be very proud of being an entrepreneur and of making money because the money is only the result. It's only the reward for hitting your target, which is serving others. Ah, I love it. You said it best. You nailed it. You and I see eye to eye on so many things. It, it's just incredible. And I'm so grateful for your wisdom, your knowledge, and, and of course, your time, Bob. And I just want to remind everybody, make sure you get over to thegogiver.com, thegogiver.com. I have read an awful lot of books, including 30 books in 30 days. And <laughs> I will tell you, this book stands out as my uh, top five favorite wow. amongst them all. So Bob, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I can't wait to give back. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you greatly. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.